All right, gold member. Don't play the laughing boy. <laughs> there are only two things I can't stand in this world. People who are intolerant of other people's cultures and the Dutch. What? And welcome, everybody, to the Between Two Wheels podcast, episode 311, 312. This is stage 18, Palo de Alande to La Cruz de Linares, 178.9 kilometers. And do you like the Dutch? I don't know. Uh, Jumbo's a Dutch-owned team, and uh, <laughs> you love them or hate them. Um, there's a lot of words that were said yesterday, okay? There was some actions, then there were words, and there were words, and then there were actions. Actions speak louder than words. I think that's the, the moniker. What will happen today? We're getting into it. Coming right up on the Vuelta. Even Chris Froome had no response to Alberto Contador today. For the last couple of years, he's looked a shadow of himself, but Contador has shone on this welter, and finally he takes the stage victory. It's about how much time Richard Carapaz can take. What is the gap going to be? He crosses it at 2.34. So, Primoz Roglic now has got 45 seconds to get there. Primoz Roglic saves La Welta by around 19, 20 seconds. 21%, it really is a, uh, a hurt zone, this. Nibali hits it once again. Now, can he? Don't forget, he's just got to find three seconds here. Four if he can. The way Nibali goes once more in the cloud. Oh, it's almost reminiscent of his uh, job on uh, uh, the Giro d'Italia. Yeah, almost the camera. And uh, has Nibali been taken out here as well? Well, I, think I don't think there was any contact with anybody. It's just gone pop. Here is Horner. What a performance by this man. As we say, 20 years separating the man who's won the stage and the man who quite possibly has just won the welter. 200 meters. This is going to feel like party time. And the grimace turns into a huge grin. And the clock, watch it when he crosses the line because this is the crucial timings. He gets the bonus as well. Don't forget, there is Chris Horner. Has he just done it for the old guard. We're live, everybody. Twin Two Wheels podcast. This is Tyler Yonke. What happened today? I've been worked up. I've been worked up. Like, a, my hair is going crazy. My back's feeling better. So, at least I got that going for me. Uh, I hope you guys are doing good too. Um, welcome everybody. So 178.9 kilometers and we had, we look, yesterday was crazy, crazy. And I watched a bunch of stuff. I listened to a bunch of podcasts, uh, read as much as I could, clips everywhere. And it was almost unanimous. I, I, it was almost, especially people I admire and think highly of in the, in the world of cycling, ripped the crap out of Jumbo, rightly so. You know, we will never really know what took place. I have such differing opinions. You listen to um, the interviews after the race. We watch the race and then you listen to the interviews and it's like, do these guys not? I mean, I know it was foggy up there. I know their team bus or their, their, the managers back there said something like, um, <laughs> are you doing it live? Yes, I'm doing it live. As a uh, bill of uh, Bill O'Reilly once said, I'm doing it live. Um, but what was crazy is it's like, okay, I understand the cars may not have had TV coverage, but we did. We, we saw what happened out there. And the only thing that it really made me think of was one thing when I was watching those interviews is this. What you just said 
is one of the most insanely yes. idiotic things I have ever heard. This is especially these two. At the, no point, Jonas and Roglic. rambling, incoherent response. Right. Were you even close to anything right. that could be considered a rational thought? Right. Everyone in this room is now dumber for having listened to it. I award you no points. None. And may God have mercy on your soul. There you go. That's That was my thought uh, yesterday. So... What's going to happen today? You come to the, the and look, but there were a lot of theories out there. It was very interesting to uh, all the things about gifting. Is this being gifted? And you look and I, and I heard so many good writers, uh, former pros talking about this, especially the gifting part of Sepkus of gifting and mature. And I'm like, and I'd made this point very strongly. And then I've heard it multiple times thereafter, not because they heard me, because my reach doesn't go that far to about four of you in here. Uh, but which was when you have the team dynamics of Jonas goes up the road to honor his baby, baby daughter, uh, you can't chase him. So it's not the strongest that's winning. It's the most opportunist. It's the one that wants to go first. And by the way, it seemed like that day, I don't know if the, it, there was little things Sep had said. I think it was the the the, the Bajays, the uh, maybe that was the one, where he's like, uh, we, we had, uh, there was going to be attack. And it sounded like it was going to be Roglic. But remember, um, Jonas said, and they all said he got it. And you can see him on his mic. And he said, he asked to attack. And then he went. When that's the case, uh, if you're asking to attack, I mean, uh, what was Sup's going to say? No, I mean, no, you're not going to say no. And, and the team managers, I think they're the real problem in all this. Uh, they're the big ones. And then they, then, they, then what they do is they stepped in today. They stepped in today and they made de declarations right at the start, saying, "Here, here's what we're going to do, people. Uh, calm down, calm down." Okay, uh, Lance would have said no. Yes, he probably would have said no. Right. And and see our standard bear, Kurt. How many how many tours did he win? I don't know. Uh, let's look at this. This is yesterday. Uh, Sep, remember, just just recapping in here. Eight seconds over Vinigo, uh, tw one minute eight over Roglic, uh, Wanauso, four minutes, four sixteen over Landa, Enric Moss at four thirty, and Utrecht six forty three, Vlasov seven thirty four, Almeida down there nine twenty six, and eleven twenty six to Betrago. One one thing we did not talk about yesterday was UAE. Almeida, he drops Ayuso, he, he gains time on him yesterday, and that was that was criminal, perhaps. Uh, it doesn't, I don't know, I don't understand teams uh, anymore, maybe it's just the way things are. So, um, let's, let's keep going here, I want to go back to the slides, here we go, okay. So there was, that was yesterday's there, here was, uh, here's our Americans, Sepp Kuss, destroying Larry Warbass, Joe Dombrowski, and Quinn Sim uh, Sean Quinn, sorry. Uh, Evenepoel leading the KOMs, 91 to 51. And there is today's um, profile. Looked pretty nasty. So, you know, and, and by the way, here's uh, what, cat two, cat one, three, one, and a one. The last two, they, they repeat twice. And there's kind of the uh, the profiles that you had. The first one, the, the big one, the rent, what's it, Lorenzo that they go over. It was a nine kilometers, had some real steep pitches in it. Uh, and then the last one, it's a little bit shorter, it's nine kilometers or so. It's, uh, 8.5 uh, and it had pitches of 18 or 16, 12, starts out at 15%, pretty nasty uh, as far as that goes. And so it looked, uh, oops, there's the results. So it looked like it was going to be pretty dangerous for the day, right? 
Okay, so let's let's just get into it, and then we'll talk about some more stuff. By the way, so before I do this, there, there was some interviews at the start. Sepp Kuss comes out there, and he basically said, uh, so we've resolved it. Uh, we had some you know things that kind of had to stick up for myself. Sometimes you have to learn to do that. I definitely think I deserve it. I'm, I, I've ridden in the wind for these guys. I've killed myself on climbs. I just put up the fourth best time up on the Angrelu. I don't think I'm being handed to this. And that, to me, is very important. He does. Like I said yesterday, he lost, what, 17, 19 seconds when these guys were number probably number one and two in the world. Perhaps I know Pogacar's around there. Evenepoel's somewhere around there, too. But this is, You could be argued that number one and two of the world are up there dropping your ass uh, after you've you know done been on their wheels and, and and they only put 19 seconds on you. That's pretty solid. Now, thank you, Mikhail Landa. That's, that's another thing we do have to say uh, in honor of that. Okay, so let's go here. This is the stage uh, today. Uh, there we go. Um, very beautiful. Look, by the way, this is a gorgeous port part of uh, of Spain. What we're seeing here, uh, Evenepoel. It looked I, I'm like he's in the he's in the King of the Mountains jersey going into this. Very likely. Uh, he is going to continue. I said he's probably going to get into breakaway. I don't know if I picked him for today, but I thought it would probably happen. As a matter of fact, I was hoping that there would be a breakaway. So the time bonuses and those kind of things would not be uh, available for the teams. There's Ayuso. He didn't want to talk to Sepp Kuss at the top of the mountain yesterday. Here's the route. Very mountainous. Very hard stage. I mean, you could really think of if things were going to come to the crunch today, this would be a very important stage. Um, and it is an important stage, and it would be interesting to see what was going to happen. Well, right out of the blocks, breakaways going up the road. Um, by the way, Egon Bernal gets in the break. Did you know Egon Bernal is in this race? I mean, I had seen that he was in this race earlier, but I mean, what do, what are we going to do about something? I mean, he he has a wreck. A Froome has a wreck. You know, some people come back some from them, some don't. I mean, he was going to be the next best thing in the in the world of cycling. And um, just he's he's nowhere. He's I disappeared. There he is. Uh, so anyway, he gets up in the break. Uh, Evenepoel gets up in the break. Um, Jumbo's kind of just doing the thing. The break gets up there. Just uh, Evenepoel just starts clocking off these um, these climbs. He take goes over the Lorenzo. He gets the the KOMs for that. Um, he's there's a good sized group in there, and they're they're going pretty strong. You've got Piccoli, uh, Egan Bernal. Um, uh, who else is there? Uh, Max Pohl is up there. There's a. Um, I'm trying to remember some of that. We'll we'll get to him here. Um, Caruso for oh, Bahrain Merida team. Uh, but Evenepoel is looking good, and the whole guys behind. It's just it's just wait and see. What's it? Kron? Uh, and Kron comes around about 33. Uh, first time up those last two uh, double climbs, and he um, he. I'm confused here because all of a sudden I see that uh, my, my between two wheels is posting in here, but it's. It's because Kurt has access to our Facebook page. Uh, Brunel is somewhere. He's in the race. Yes, he is. Um, John says, someone told Remco they were racing today. Yes, uh, Kurt also says, uh, give Egon one more season. He'll recover. He'll, he'll be fine. <laughs> I don't know if you need uh, what you need for him. Cron attacks. I, I don't think this is a smart move by him. Um, some of the riders, it's like, look, Evenepoel is going to be doing his thing, and you guys are, make him do the work. In the end, it doesn't really matter. He takes off here. He dumps Kron. He dumps Crusoe. He dumps Max Pohl. And um, there they go. And Egon Bernal is out there. He's suffering for a while. Then they start to come up to this climb. The team, uh, this 20, what, 10 minutes behind him. You've got Bahrain goes in the front. They have everybody basically there. Remember, look what that show they kind of put on yesterday. Was that smart? 
I don't know that it was smart for them as a team. Was it advantageous? I felt to Sepkus. Yes, I think it was. Tratnik was up here in the front. He's still looking good. Bahrain comes to the front. You've even got soup over here with his beard. I don't know what he's thinking is going on. Uh, next thing you know, Evenepoel, like I said, he's dumping everybody off. He's going to end up soloing his way in. Max Pold, he tries to fight his way as much as possible. Evenepoel looks good out there. I mean, he his whole thing is, look, I, I dumped it on the tourmalade, but look how good I am now. I get it. I don't know what happened that one day. It's very strange. Very strange indeed. Um, UAE, they started dumping some riders. Next thing you know, it's... Bahrain and Auso only have Max and Mikael Landa. You got the three jumbos. You got Auso and you've got Enric um, Maas. Um, and and what the, the main point here is the first time up the climb, Bahrain sets it. Second time, it's mostly jumbo and it's mostly Vinigo. Vinigo's up there. Sepp is on his wheel, and Sepp actually moves right behind Roglic. He's letting his boys do the work, or maybe he's keeping an eye on him. He said he's trusting him. The Jumbo team said, trust us. The, the plan is here. We've got a plan all taken care of. And, and when I heard that, they wouldn't say what it was, but we, we've got a plan and it's, it's, we, we've solidified it. It's all fine. And then Sepp Kuss had made the comments of like, look, it's, um, it's me. I, I mean, I, I'm pretty much going to be the person. So, so it was a good feeling, but we had heard what the comments were yesterday and then what the reality was in the road. So I wasn't sure what would happen. But I think the negative feedback was so strong to Jumbo, they caved to the crowd. And, uh, and, and for once, uh, that, that's, the mob seemed to be right. Um, Mikhail Landa tries to attack up here, and coming up the final climb. He and Auso have a little dig. Uh, Sapkus uh, goes up to the group. Oh, there you go. There's, there's he is. Uh, our man, Avenipol, he comes across the line. He's pointing to his head. Not everyone understands what this is for. Chris sent me a thing where he said that he was mentally strong, that he showed that how strong he was of, of faltering on the tourmalet and then coming back. True, but you did cry like a baby afterwards, and you told us you couldn't sleep, and you cried all night. So <laughs> I don't know if you were mentally tough. I tend to think you... I, I'm becoming a Remco fan. Uh, yeah, that was a dick comment, I guess, and all, but I'm becoming more and more of a fan of his somehow on a daily basis. He dedicates it to his wife. I guess that's fine. Uh, Vinico was okay with that. I think he had radioed back. Now, here's the interesting part. Sepp bridges up here to this little group, starts pulling on the front himself. Next thing you know, Vinigo. You can see him back there, right there. He's on the radio. Um, he obviously says, hey, Sepp, uh, slow your roll. And Sepp pedals off to the side, sits up. Vinigo comes to the front, does some more work. Next thing you know, Ayuso and Mikhail Landa kind of go at it again. Sepp goes with them. They drop, uh, I'm sorry, Enrique Moss and Ayuso. They end up dropping Mikhail Landa a bit. Roglic is right there with Sepp Kuss. Sepp has a big smile. Uh, Vinigo sits up, gets dropped. I don't know. We'll have a discussion on that coming up. So he loses like nine seconds. Sep does the thing here where he's happy and he's like, oh, thanks everybody. And he wants to kind of give him hugs and they kind of are cold. It's like, hey, my ex-girlfriend's here. I'm still in love with her. And she's like, I don't know, man. You kind of give me the creeps. Uh, the rest of the group's coming in over the line. Like I said, Vlasov lost some time, but there you go. Uh, Avenipol wins a uh, solid four minutes over Crusoe and Kron, Paul, uh, Arsalan, Bern uh, Jean-Francois Bernard. He was, uh, he was, uh, Julian Bernard, sorry. Um, 6'11". He was actually saying he was super, super excited about his uh, results today. Uh, Egon Bernal pops in there for seventh place, 7-1. I think it was, I wonder though, the question really is here. Why did Jumbo, since we're, since we're talking about gifting people 
stages. They gift, according to the internet and how people think that Seth Kuss is winning this only because he's gifted it. By their standards, Avenipol was gifted the stage today. That's, that's, that's what I, uh, that's what I believe. Not going to change my mind. Okay. Avenipol gets the win. And now we have uh, him solidly in the leader or the mountain jersey. Sepp Kuss and his wife, he's super happy. Should be because he's 17 seconds over Roglic, 108 there. Ayuso. Now Roglic, I I don't know. I don't know who's. And, and then I'll take some comments here. I don't know who's telling the truth anymore. Uh, I and I I used to think that Sepp Kuss and Roglic were were more tight, and then maybe Vinigo, especially the way he had been riding those two days of the Tourmalet and the and the Bajets, that he was maybe the problem guy. I tend to now not sure about that. And I think the problem might be those two, Roglic and Vinigo, going at it. Because even at Roglic afterwards, he's like, ah, I don't, you know, me, uh, sweet worries. Um, he said he wasn't really happy with the decision, but the decision came down from the bosses, sat him down and basically said, you are um, maintaining the status quo on GC, and here you go. Uh, you're not going to fight about it. Um, he also was making a comment where like, uh, maybe the, it's not over. And I'm like, dude, first of all, let's say, let's say you wanted to fight for this thing. You're not going to beat Vinigo. You're not going to put a minute into Vinigo and you're not going to put a minute into Sep minute eight. So you need to shut the fuck up at this point. You of all these two need to get in line and be happy about the situation. Okay. I'm sorry. That's just the way it is. Yes. Uh, if, uh, uh, Vinigo hadn't gone up the road, you too could have attacked. If Sepkus hadn't gone up the road, you too could have attacked. But you did on the Angrelu, so you got a little bit of a chance at it at this point. So Sepkus, now, did Vinigo sit up? And, and if so, why? I, my first thought was, because remember, Sepkus says yesterday, oh, you know, maybe the, they could still win a stage. And he goes, oh, wait, 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 not, not with time bonuses. Hey, now that final stage is a little tricky. It's It looks tough enough, like Liege style, Jumbo's going to want to win it. They, they just don't let something go out there. You can't let a Venipole get another stage. Maybe he sat up simply so he can take the stage. Maybe fight that out between the two of them. I don't know. Maybe let someone else. Uh, Matt, okay, a bunch of comments in here. Uh, Kurt is uh, spamming us off here. Um, Chris uh, said, good job, Kurt. Okay, that's uh, Chris. He blames Facebook. So they were, uh, okay, John Rambo also cried a lot. Did he, though? I don't know. Um, Rambo, uh, Rambo's a solid one. Uh, Chris says, uh, Remco mentally, I'm kind of unbreakable. That's what he said. Thank you. Uh, I'm breakable. So it's, it's Chris Froome, uh, sorry, Zimni says, uh, Froome and Bernal can support each other's comebacks. Bernal is going in a quad lock phone holders next year. Yeah. Um, rough stuff. Uh, John, let's see. Remco had a rest day. Of course, he was strong today. Uh, here for the body language analysis. Um, do you think that's that's what I'm doing here? This is high level stuff. Remco going very hard the uh, uh, going hard every other day in a Grand Tour and climbs shorter than 30 minute proves he can win the Tour de France next year. Roglic is telling the truth. Uh, Kurt is all about chaos. Now, what's interesting is I have this Kurt's mentality when it comes to politics. I'm I'm all for chaos. Kurt's not there, but with sports, I guess he's fine with it. I I don't know. We're we're just uh, maybe we're built different. Uh, different from Vino gifting the Tour de France stage win to Wout. Um, um, Vig, you're talking about Vino, uh, Vinokurov, or Vingigo? Um, look, gifting it to your own team, is, is that gifting it? I don't know. It shouldn't be. And, and, and uh, by the way, Wout gifted to Laporte uh, a, a classic earlier this year. 
I talked about this yesterday a bit, which is there's a leadership role. And, and um, Garrett Thomas, uh, he had a good interview too. And he said, look, this is problematic. I, I get where Roglic wants to, what he wants to do. I, I get all that, the, these guys coming in. But you have to, at some point, one, and then he, uh, Garrett Thomas said, but this isn't the scenario where you're gifting a domestique uh, a race and, and you definitely don't gift the Grand Tour. He's like, Sepp Kuss fought to get in that breakaway. They put, remember the team put four guys up in the break the day on stage six. That's a big move. He did what he was supposed to that day. He fought hard. He dropped everybody on the climb and he won it outright. Okay, well now, now what you're gonna say, oh, we, we messed up by putting him in there? Maybe, but then maybe don't put him in there. Uh, by the way, he's not in there. Your team's not winning that break and it's just a useless time. That's completely it. You just help Lenny Martinez, Roman Bardet and Mark Soler up the road without any help. So you did the right thing and you have to pay the consequences. So Garrett says, look, they put him up in the break. He did the hard work. He did all this great racing. He deserves it. And there's also, this is what I was saying yesterday too. There's a respect uh, and also a trust of his abilities. They didn't think... They did not think he can do it. You go back to all the grant. Now, look, we have three stages left. One, one scary stage. Uh, but I'm, I'm, I think today that um, you can see Sep there. That was a fast time up the climb, even though it may not have looked like it. It was sky style fast. Okay, it was fast paced. It got rid of everybody but the main GC riders, and Sep Coos looked sprite at the end. Okay, with that in mind, you look at. Jumbo uh, Vinigo, when he's won this two Tour de France's, he's had a bad day. Okay, when uh, Roglic winning his uh, Vueltas, uh, almost every single one of them, he's had a bad day or two. I'm 2020. He had the bad up the Angerlou. He had the the one up the Cortelà. Um, the, the Giro this year, he had a few bad days. He had definitely a bad one that Sepp saved him. So my point is, and 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 then De La Lowe's when and it was it the 2020 Tour de France? Uh, it was yeah when Pogacar ended up beating him in the time trial up, um, plunged the Belfi. Up the De La Lowe's, he was suffering, and and uh, Sepp Kuss was helping him, and then he ended up you know having a good time. But uh, Angel uh, Lopez ended up winning that stage. The point being with all this is Sep may come through this Grand Tour without a single bad day. That's that's impressive. So gifting, whatnot, all that other stuff aside, there you go. Um, Roglic is telling the truth. Okay, da 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 What else do we got here? Froome gifting 2012 Tour to Wigo. Maybe. Well, see, and that's, that's a debate we can definitely have, which is you had team orders. He was the guy. You were maybe stronger, but he was in the lead. So... Uh, you know, you're doing what you're supposed to do. W Wiggins was in the lead. Chris Froome could have dropped him, but that's not your job. You know, yeah, I, I could be a member. The wives are going at it. That was that was fun times. Uh, Jumbo and they are far less uh, selfless. Um, I mean, Jumbo, jump, look, Jumbo, for the most part, has been good about spreading it around, right? Sep gets wins. Wout gets wins. Tanusin a few years ago got wins. Uh, everyone kind of, if you're there, Laporte gets wins. Uh, but this has been a different one, and it's not even like they gave Sepp the win, but gave him. He he had the opportunity to go take it, and he took it. But then the, the weirdness, that's that's the problem. That's the problem. Um, Jumbo team, are they far less off? Okay, that's what we said. Uh, Chris Froome had orders and was obedient. Yeah, that's true. John says, money thing, Grand Tour bonuses. Sepp gets zero. Rog and Vin get fat checks. Okay, good question, and I heard a good analysis of this today. This was from Johan Brunil. 
Johan Bernil, th thanks John for the question. Uh, Johan Bernil, he was asked that question and he's like, look, these guys are, um, these guys are, are paid to win grand tours and they do win grand tours. Typically when that's the case, you're not structuring into their contracts a bonus for winning the grand tour. You're just getting paid a ton. Now, the Lance Armstrong, he didn't mention this, but I know this for a fact, the Lance Armstrong bonuses were separate ones that he had taken out as a like a reinsurance thing uh, on his own. And that's why those companies were suing him because he had a contract separate from his, his, his team contract, which was if I win the tour, um, I'm going to end up, uh, it's like a betting type of thing, but you can, you can insure yourself. It's like Lloyd's of London type of thing. I don't know. Uh, that was the whole thing. So those insurance companies were coming after him because then he had a bonus if he were to uh, win the tour. Now, so according to, according to Brunel, um, they likely do not have bonuses for uh, winning the tour. Sepp Kuss, if he had a good manager, uh, agent, uh, would have already anticipated that and had it in his contract. So if Sepkus has one, so Jumbo, they might have had been on the phone saying um, maybe a secret call to one of the guys. Hey, uh, <laughs> it's going to be, Sepp's going to get a ton of money uh, if we do this. And, uh, you know, look, we're going to be in the sponsorship game one more year. That's the other thing. Jumbo, uh, they said that we're here for a year. If you find another sponsor for next year, that's good. If you don't, but we're out. We're out in 2020 after 2024. Uh, Brian Zimney, although uh, any thoughts on ROG Jonas having pressure all year to win a grand tour and the whole team counting on them. Sep hasn't had that pressure. Well, um, yeah, there's different types of pressure. Of course, Sep Kuss um, has ridden three tours though. And this is the Vuelta. They each won their tour. I don't know that the Vuelta, the Vuelta is kind of the one where we're like, Okay, at the start of the year, if things don't go right or you wreck out of these, you will definitely be into the Vuelta as team. You know, we've seen that with Roglic. That's why he's been winning it there. If you remember, he loses the tour, goes and wins the, the Liege, Bastion Liege that had been pushed out after the tour. He, he lost the tour to Pogacar, then goes to the Vuelta and wins it. And it's kind of like, oh, look at this guy. He's he's mentally unbreakable, as uh, Evenepoel would say. Uh, yeah, so there's obviously some different pressure things, but think about this. Let's say Sepp was in this position. Those two guys weren't near the top, but they were there to strongly help him. Do you think the pressure would be less for Sepp than what he had to go through, which is uh, worrying about your two teammates who you ride with that you can't go if they attack? I think, you know, this uh, Greg LeMond talks about the tour, the 86 tour with, uh, you know, winning it, and it was almost like, didn't enjoy it. It was just, he wanted to quit at times because it was just so much stress of dealing with this. So uh, my, look, uh, Brian, you sent me over today, um, Mitch Docter's podcast, uh, Life in the Peloton. And he had talked to Sepp right before the tour of Vuelta had started. And they talked about some of these kind of things. And it was very interesting because Sepp's like, look, I, I, you know, people have pushed me to say, Hey, you can go do this. You can, you can uh, win the tour. You're up there with him. He's like, it's just, it, you have to train on the time trial bike. You have to do this. It's the kind of life I don't want to have. And so therefore I'm not, I will be interested to see if he's going to be going, going for what, maybe they put him in the Vuelta next year and they don't put these other guys with him. You know, you, you bring um, Jorgensen because Mateo Jorgensen is going to be with it. Maybe you bring Jorgensen to the Vuelta to support Sepp. I will be most interested next year because we're not going to know the full expose and, and, and I'll get to, uh, maybe we should add this in here. This was, uh, let's go through some of these. These were from today. There was the, uh, the points, the KOM. Okay. So that's for tomorrow. So these are from today. 
Uh, this is this is the grand, uh, the stage race. Uh, there we go. The, the the results. We know this today. Evenepoel wins. 4.40, we went over all this. Sepkus down here, 9.29 back, same time as Roglic, uh, same time as, uh, no, uh, Landa loses, what, three seconds there, and like we said, nine seconds to Vinigo, and, uh, and then everyone else is way back. Uh, then we have the points, or the, the there's the overall, the GC, 17 seconds now, 108. I mean, he's, he's solid on this one. Caden Groves is leading the points. That could still be questionable, uh, might even come down to the last day uh, between Vinipol and um, uh, Caden Groves for the points on in, uh, into last day. Uh, KOM jersey, Remco. I mean, 129 to 51. I, mean, I guess he's won that thing. There's tomorrow's stage right there. Uh, it should be a sprint. I mean, Caden Groves wants this. He doesn't want it to get away from him. It's not necessarily easy but because uh, there's a few little kickers. But look, uh, they want this. Uh, they being um, Alpeson. I'm sure they're going to take it. The, the sprinters teams have two shots here in the next three days. Uh, so that's the that's the outlook you have. And then you got Saturday. This is the one I've been since the start been going like yikes, three cat no ten cat threes. Okay, <laughs> they do one two three four five, and then they uh, repeat those two, uh, those five. So uh, they now if you look at let me see. I think I actually have no. That's the this is a different thing. I'll re talk about that. If you look at each profile though, they're not too bad. So I don't think it's, you know, SEP shouldn't really be a problem for him. And if his team gives a shit uh, about what they just did today, um, then they should be supporting him. Okay. So this, um, this was like an inside thing here. Let's see here. Before we go on, let me catch up with the questions here. Um, John says, would the Peloton have let Vin or Rog up the road in that break where SEP made his move? They would have panicked and shut it down. Yeah. 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 Uh, Jumbo sent, uh, and by the way, why did they do that? They wanted Sudal because Sepp was still up there close. By the way, what was it, stage three or so where uh, Roglic won? Sepp leads them out because it's a pop-up climb, leads them out, sits up, loses 20 seconds. Okay. I mean, you know, that's, <laughs> that's the kind of stuff, yeah. So, yes, of course, the others would. But they sent him up there for a specific reason. One, they didn't want their team to have to be on the front that day. This is going to be a tough climb up the finish. They didn't want uh, their guys to have to do just sit there and do the work. So they made uh, Lotto Sudal get on the front or UAE get on the front, uh, Bahrain and and do the work. And so they were they were let off, and it was it was strategically it was the right thing to do. Okay, how many TTs are in the next Volta? This version was perfect for someone like Cus to win. I, I don't know. You know what's interesting, Chris, is the, the just the, the the time trials in general, right? Uh, there haven't been, I mean, the tour was a little bit more lengthy, but you're getting these climby ones. I mean, look at the Giro, how that finished. Sep was sixth in the final stage of the Giro this year. Um, you look at this, and this is why I wasn't panicking about the time trials for the Vuelta this year, even though it was flat and even though Evenepoel was in there, was because I'd looked at his time trials and I'd gone back there because I did this uh, last year even, even breaking down his time trial up to uh, the bottom foot of the climb, in the first, I want to say 12 or 13 kilometers, even in the tour when the climbing time trial, the flat part, he he's not the worst. He's like top 20. So you're like, oh, well, maybe if he tries, uh, maybe you'll have a chance. Okay, Brian, this is a short, perfect. Uh, and by the way, I don't know, Chris. Uh, so yeah, it, it'll be interesting to see. And by the way, Chris, on the, the last year, you really look at the comparison of last year's course to the year before or this year. It was not a climbing race in comparison. So Evenepoel winning that, that's why it's great to see. He won a, a Grand Tour, super. 
Uh, I'll be interested to see how he goes because, you know, Tourmalay Day, he gets destroyed. Uh, so anyway, uh, Brian says, this is a perfect Walter for Sep, tons of steep climbs, a TT, great time trial, short IT, and Remco faltered. Hard to bet the stars will align like this. Uh, yeah, absolutely. And what's what's pretty fantastic is Sep Kuss is going to have, hopefully, cross your fingers here, um, a time trial, a, a grand tour under his belt. With that, he's also going to be able to look at the standings. He's going to see Roglic, Vinigo right below him, Mikel Landa, uh, Bernal's in this race, Evenepoel's winning tons of stages, getting the KOM. Uh, Geraint Thomas is there. Uh, Ayuso, who knows what Ayuso may become someday. So, Enrique um, Moss, it's it's not a shitty field at all. You know, last year, as a, you know, I'm not putting down uh, Evenepoel, but uh, Roglic, you know, crashes out. So... Sepp's not even there last year. Well, he was there, and then he he left as well. He got sick. Any thoughts on Aaron Rodgers? By the way, his season-ending injury. Yes, I do have some thoughts on that. Uh, back in 2011, 10, was it 10, maybe? Uh, I tore my Achilles heel, uh, and it just blew out. That's what happens when you get to be our age, uh, Aaron Rodgers. Uh, so uh, it's not a easy, quick recovery. But I came back, Kurt, and I went from a Cat 5 to a Cat 1. So he, too, can uh, went do something in the turf gate. Uh, Jonas and Roglic are flying from Madrid to the U.S. to attack Aaron Rodgers. I don't know about that. That seems that seems really far-fetched. Okay, let's go. Uh, Brian sent me this. Uh, I don't subscribe to Velo or any of these news sites. Maybe I should. Uh, the Escape uh, Collective, that may be the, be the one. Because Cycling Tips merged in with Velo now. Uh, and then all the bunch of those guys kind of went their own way and started this escape collective. But everything's kind of pay as you go, which I'm fine with. I, I do that with podcasts all the time. Anyway, uh, Velo says, Cuss revealed insider details of the drama and controversy that rocked the team in the final week of racing. Two key meetings shaped the team's strategy in the decisive third week. Quote, there was a lot of negativity around those two stages, <laughs> which was hard to read from the outside because of what we agreed on uh, before the Angrelu, Cuss said, especially watching on TV. It might have uh, been difficult to understand. Now, I, I, just a break in here. Um, some reports that came out. There was one that I heard that there was like fist pounding. People were not happy. There was a lot of contention and it was more Roglic than Vinigo. So in the in the in the behind the scenes type of thing. I, that's true. I don't know. Perhaps fueled by angry fan reaction and uproar on social media, as well as the fact that Cuss bravely defended the red jersey on the Angrelu. The riders and staffers met late Wednesday to hash things out. Quote: We could have never imagined that all three of us would be the strongest in the race, and that the complicated things he said after Wednesday we had to reel things in. <clears throat> yeah, I don't know. Um, let's, you know, what reminded me of uh, Kurt, I hope you're still in here. It reminded me of, of, of a few things. When you see Vinigo look back, he sees Cuss dropping and may, let's give him the benefit of the doubt that he's not a complete, uh, psychopath. Uh, although, you know, if you weren't a psychopath, then maybe your, <laughs> your post-race interview would have been more truthful. So if this is the benefit of the doubt, then, then let me just pan this out, which is, he looks back. He's like, oh, shit, I should be hanging with Sepp. I, um, but I don't want Roglic uh, to get away um, and take all the time. So I have to stay here. Maybe he didn't know. I mean, like, look, uh, the benefit of the doubt type of thing is this. Our buddy Scott, a few years ago, crashed. Now, right in front of me was Jay Newton. I was on there. We were up this climb. He, he, Scott hits this rock, goes flying out in the road. There's a camera on me. 
from Jay. It shows me looking back, going, fuck, and then riding. <laughs> He's out in traffic. Uh, so uh, shit happens, right? Uh, even worse, though. I, a few years ago, I, I fall down, I break my neck. Kurt is, goes up the road, and he just continues to race. Now, I saw him later at the hospital. Um, at least I think so. I was pretty heavily drugged. But um, there you go. Uh, Brian says, I have a joke for you. Yesterday was <laughs> Seth's birthday. Roderick was going to attack and win, taking time to, in honor to GC to honor him. That's a, that's a stellar joke. Uh, Chris says, maybe holding off sharing details of how things went down behind the scenes <laughs> until the race is done. Don't poke the Jonas Ryoglic bear. Uh, okay, so I was going to say, I'm curious, because we don't know the behind the scenes thing. I'm very curious as to which Grand Tour... Sep Coos will do with those guys next year. I'm gonna read. I'm going to read into it as much as possible. Let's say he he refuses to do the, or he just he's gonna do what he's gonna do. But he might be able to say, um, you know what? I don't want to race with Roglic, or I don't want to race with Vinigo, or I don't want to race with either one of them. There's three Grand Tours. I could do all. I just showed you. I could do all three Grand Tours. Uh, but maybe I only want to do two next year. And, I, and and it'll be interesting to kind of see uh, which one he uh, doesn't do. All of them. Okay. Uh, sorry about your cycling injuries. Uh, thank you, Victor. Uh, you're the you're the only one that mentioned that. Uh, I, I'm okay. I mean, I've got a, like a herniated disc right now, but I think it's not cycling related. Um, okay, we had a good show tonight. We had a lot of ranting. I think this was a, a good bonding time for one and all. Um, this was Jonas Ruglitz trial for two days. It's going to be fantastic. And by the way, 2024 Tour de France, you because you've got this now where Roglic wants to go back. He just showed that he can race. And by the way, he, except for Vinigo having take a, a Dumoulin this uh, first week, uh, all three of uh, those guys really haven't had an off-off day. So uh, like before, where we've had like a, a you know, the 30s. We saw that with what was it, stage six there when when Sepra won, Evenepoel, you know, loses thirty seconds to those guys. Um, uh, Chris uh, or Kurt says, not sure if you, <laughs> if you post high quality jokes like this in here. There's a writer strike, unless you're willing to cross the picket line. Yeah, I'm willing to do it. Uh, Victor hasn't heard it over and over and over. Thank you, John. Victor says, great show. Yeah, thank you, Victor. Is Remco doing the tour next year, or will the fever support Landa? Uh, you know. I'm a big fan of Landa, at least uh, as of as of this this month. Um, but he's not really he's not he's not going to win the Grand Tour. He's a he's a top five kind of guy. So I think that's where we are. Um, so are you guys you guys want to do this again? Should we do this maybe tomorrow? Okay, Sprinter stage. I'm saying Caden Grove is going to take the win. Who else is up there? Is the Daisy in this race? I don't think so. A soup? Maybe one of those guys. All right, everybody, take care. Um, Kitten Groves tomorrow. Um, Eventipole for four stages on Saturday, maybe. <laughs>